Hey folks, welcome back to your Love and Grit Summer. I'm Laia. I'm Justin. And I'm Rachel. And we are so excited about today's episode because it is all about going outside and enjoying this beautiful Philly landscape all for a better you. First, we speak with Brandy Nicole, founder of Hike and Heal Wellness, which provides a safe space for women of color by connecting and understanding our power through nature. Then we hit the water with Brandon Johnson, head coach and owner of BLJ Community Rowing, one of the most diverse community rowing programs in Philly, the most, to talk about well, the fact that black folks are rowing, duh. <laughs> We're not going to act like we didn't know, but we always hope when we pass Boathouse, bro. Needless to say, we are all excited to speak with Brandon and Brandy about how they are both breaking down stereotypes of what black folks don't do. <laughs> but first, let's get into some fast Philly phase. Justin, what we're doing today? What's your favorite event to celebrate 4th of July in Philadelphia? Rachel, you're up first. I am excited about gospel on independence. Ask me why. Ask me Because you're singing this year. No. Is that for real? That's a no. Hey. no. Have you uh, heard her? Ryan will say to me, Mommy, can you turn it down? And I'm like, wait, the not on. Mommy's singing in the car. <laughs> <laughs> but no, Yolanda Adams is performing. That's huge. This oh, wow. Such a big deal. I am so excited. Do we have our favorite Yolanda Adams song? Mine is Open My Heart. When I hear that, oh, oh yeah, yes I do. I'm, I'm hoping, I'm hoping she gets to hear this episode, and that is part of her performance. And then maybe she could offer you some lessons, so Ryan can stand his. I mom. mean, I don't know that lessons can help. A little them. too late. <laughs> and I try to be considerate because he is musically inclined, like his father. So I'm like, you know what? Maybe I should just be a little bit more quiet when I'm singing songs, so I don't mess up what he has going on. But anyway, Yolanda Adams, Gospel Independence, Sunday, June 26. You definitely want to be there. It will be a special performance for sure. So mine is something that's coming back this year for the first time in a couple of years and in a different place. It's the Independence Day Parade. And usually it used to be in front of Independence Hall. It's now moving to the parkway on 4th of July that morning. It's always a really good parade. It's not that long. It's organized by Welcome America and they really have great acts. And it, it's just something I've always enjoyed for years. So I'm so happy it's coming back. And I mean, the parkway is just so energized now with the Oval XP and the carousel in front of the art museum. It's so fun. Aww. All right. Well, mine is kind of adjacent to yours, Justin. I mean, we all know we're excited about Wild Wild Welcome America, but one of our guests and the mother of Black Music Month, Deanna Williams, will have her own stage this year at Wild That's Welcome so America. cool. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be highlighting some of Philadelphia's dopest music acts that you may not have heard, but you know it's Philly and you know it's dope. Yes, sir. And the fireworks. And we got our own fireworks. We might yes. as well get them started. All right, let's get this show going. Those who know understand the powers of a good hike. For those who don't, we have Brandy Nicole and her life-changing organization, Hike and Hill Wellness. Now, don't get it twisted. This is not just about hiking. Brandy curates wellness retreats and healing circles as well. But let's keep it funky. In a world of growing with unnavigated options for mental and physical wellness, 
What does it all mean? Does it even work? And how does it help specifically with the woes and needs that affect women of color? Also, are most even aware of the vast trails in our region that lead to uncertain wellness? So many questions. And we believe Brandy Nicole has all the answers. I feel like we should be having this conversation while taking a walk. I know, <laughs> Justin, I'm with you. I wish we were. You know, I wish we were. Yeah, Lai and I are outside people. Yes. We love to be outside. Okay. Okay. Yes. We need a part two then. Yes. yes. If we were to do this, where should we start, Brandy? Well, the place that holds near and dear to my heart where we started the hiking was in Wissahickon Valley Park. For those that don't know, it is a beautiful green space in Philadelphia that starts in Chestnut Hill and comes all the way down to Ridge Avenue, Maniunk Ridge area. And it is a beautiful trail filled with 50 miles to hike, mm. bike, hang, walk. Is that true? 50 miles to Wissahickon? I didn't know yes. that. I, I grew up like around the Wissahickon. I don't think I really understood how lucky we are mm. to have that in the city mm -hmm. of Philadelphia until yes. in the last couple of years, honestly, because like mm -hmm. you enjoy the outside so much. But what we have in a city is unbelievable. Yeah, You sound very Philly in that moment, Justin. I feel like a lot of Philly <laughs> natives, they don't know the, the treasures. And even when you say 50 miles, I'm like, that's not even straight through. You're saying like it spreads out. There are so many trails mm -hmm. that go different places, right? Yeah, so many entrances that you can access from many points. And a lot of people, they might drive by it. They might walk, bike by it. And then some people just don't even know that it's there. Like I've lived here all my life. And mm -hmm. until I one day woke up and said, oh, I want to hike. Okay, where do I start? And I found the Wissahickon and I asked my parents, how did we not go here? <laughs> you know, because we grew up camping. We grew up horseback riding in Kennedy oh, Square. Wow. So it's like all the things that except camping that we could do in Wissahickon was available, but they just had no knowledge of it. So my job now at this point is to bring that knowledge, that education and connect people to other trails. I just had a hike this week with Temple Hospital and I took them to John Hines, which is America's first urban wildlife refuge. People don't know <laughs> what a treasure it is. On Lindbergh Boulevard, <laughs> right <laughs> near the Wawa that everybody runs to before they get <laughs> to the airport. Yes. And it's yes. amazing. And the people who work there are treasures. They're so mm -hmm. happy to share what they know about the wildlife. FDR parks like that too. We have these green spaces, big green spaces inside a city. That's not regular. It's not mm -hmm. normal. Mm -hmm. We're yeah. so lucky. You said the first time you hiked, which was not, but so long ago. Talk about why you decided to do it and what that did for you to mm -hmm. start this journey. My first hike as an adult was 2017. I took a trip to Colorado with some friends. And it wasn't like an initial like, oh, this is such a love affair because it was intense. It was Colorado. The air was thin. The heart was pounding. <laughs> I was out of breath. It was it was an experience. But I had bought these hiking boots specifically for it. And I said, you know what? When I get back, I'm going to start trying to hike. Two years went by, completely left my mind. And it came back to me right when I was about to finish my master's program in health administration and health education. And it literally just came up one day. And I said, I would love to hike. I said, I wanted to do it. Let me see where I can hike. So when I looked up hiking groups, couldn't find any in Philadelphia. I went up on meetup and I found one in Pennsylvania, but it was a very, you know, white space. And I was just like, you know, I would like it to be diverse. I would like to connect with other women that 
come from where I come from. So I literally just put it out on my personal Instagram stories and just said, would people like to do this with me? And they said, yes. And then I said, okay, let's start. And it went from five people all knew me. My mama was there. (laughs) My friends were there. And by the third hike, we had 40 some people register. Mm. It was a monthly hiking group, free, open to the community. And then by the next one, 100 people signed up. Wow. Yes. And 54 women came to the hike at 930 in the morning on a Saturday. So now I'm at the point where it is now a business. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I've posted five retreats. The most recent was in March and that was in Puerto Rico. And of course, we hiked in the mountains of Puerto Rico. And the next step is to just get the knowledge out about what we do, that we are here. We are a resource and to hopefully add some more hike ambassadors that can lead the hikes because I can't I do it do all by it. myself. Oh, okay, not all the yes, time. Please. I want to do one. I love hiking. <laughs> yes, like, please. I was just telling <laughs> Justin the discovery of what's going on in that park and the treasures, whether it be a statue that you just didn't know was there, like mm-hmm. a waterfall, it's just life-changing. Can you also talk about these retreats though? Because people yeah. talk about going on retreats, but I feel like most people don't understand what really goes down and what you're to expect. Yeah. So all of my retreats have looked different through the years, but my main goal is to introduce women to different healing modalities that they might not be aware of or have shown interest in it, but they haven't been able to try it out. So it could be Reiki. It could be V-steaming. It could be restorative yoga, holistic facials and things like that. So it has evolved over the years, but the main priority is to find stillness as well as connecting with other women that join us from the entire country, from Washington to Florida, California to Atlanta to Texas. So it's beautiful to see that people really want to connect with us. And this is their way of joining a retreat, healing in nature, getting quiet in nature. And it's beautiful. It's a really beautiful gathering. Why do you think people connect through nature? You talked about how popular this became so quickly. Like, Mm -hmm. what is it that people are looking for that this offers them? And why has there been none of it before? Especially for us. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it's like a thing. Yeah, Yeah. we can go deep into where Black people's experience with the earth. There is a lot of history there of when you work the land and what happens on the land back when we weren't considered to be important people of society. So I'll keep it it brief. I'll keep it brief. But not to mention black people don't know how to rest. (laughs) Black people, we don't. We don't know how to rest. We are finding now more ways to rest and learning that sometimes a meditation might be a walking meditation, right? A meditation can be hiking. A meditation can be having a very intentional conversation with another person who is there to support you and to empower you. What I've been uncovering is that all of this has been a meditative experience is allowing people to clear their mind. Nature gives you that sense of calm, the serenity, the peace, the sound of the wind, the birds, all the things gives you that release that you need from all the stress, all the anxiety. People have, you know, the winter blues and depression. So A lot of people come here because they feel safe in our space and they've seen what we've done in people's testimonies and they just want a piece of it. And I think it's broader than black people. Like I grew up the same way. Like no one taught me how to relax. And like, that's Mm -hmm. a problem. It's a problem like that. We don't know how to like 
chill and enjoy our society. We know how to work. We know how to work. We know how to work and hustle mm-hmm. and hustle. And that's such mm-hmm. a Philly thing. But mm-hmm. We also have yeah. this dichotomy of this beautiful park in the city. And we have to have a dichotomy in our lives to relax. Mm-hmm. too. So- it's such a Philly lesson. I love that. Especially when you yeah. said, Justin, like being a native, you didn't even know. So I'm like, no. yes, we, we, let's go. Let's let's love our let's treasures. For most folks who want to just be in the know of what you're doing, you just register and you'll, you guys will let them know when things pop up. Yeah. So best thing to do is to sign up for the email list. The email yeah. list finds out right away before it goes out on social media, because when something goes out on social media, usually it fills up pretty quickly. Congratulations. Yeah. man! I, I got to think that COVID had a lot to do with this too, right? People are just like outside. We can go outside and we can find peace yeah. at the same time. Yeah. Thankfully, I started it in 2019. So the groundwork was there. It was present. And then we couldn't hike for a little bit during 2020. And then after a while, I said, okay, it's time to get it's outside. Time. That's how I started the virtual component because we wanted to keep the community thriving in a digital space. And that's how that was created. So all the things aligned when they were supposed to, things happen and it's divine mm-hmm. timing. And I'm a strong proponent of that. I think we need to get outside after. Yeah, I mean, I yes. I'm right, looking out the window and I'm like, I know what we need to do. Anyone who knows anything about Boathouse Row or at least spent many trips passing that area of the Schuylkill knows that it is quite common to see teams of rowers navigating those waters. What may not be a common sighting is seeing diverse teams in those boats. Thanks to Brandon Johnson, that is changing. This Philly native and elite accomplished athlete is not only the head coach and owner of BLJ Community Rowing, one of the most diverse community rowing programs in Philadelphia. She is truly putting her oar where her mouth is by making sure this skill is available to all black and brown folks wherever you are in the region. From Mount Airy to the main line to Chester County Night School and even an introduction to rowing course at Temple University, Brandon is making sure what once was unattainable for brown and black folks is now a community and it's so much deeper than rowing. Quincy Harris rows with me. What? Oh, he beat me. Oh, I'm so bad. Quincy's crazy. All of his buddies oh, were on Wednesday. Oh, you know I know. You know and I know. so Black Thought was like, hey, I want to try it. And I was like in, I was literally screaming like, you guys, oh my God. I'm going to fangirl all over the place. But yeah, did he do it? Did he? Did he do it? Not yet, not yet, not yet. Oh, he just hit you. He just hit us out, yeah. He just. That's so exciting, though. That spreads the word even more. You know, I was thinking about when they built that recreation center boathouse on Kelly Drive, and that's where you first learned to row out of, right? No, I learned to row out of the Canoe Club, which oh, okay. is now the Temple Boathouse. So Mayor Street, he was an avid cyclist, and he would bike past and he didn't see any black kids out there. He was a no black people out there. He's like, you know, we got to fix yeah. this. And he really yeah. challenged the rowing community to do something. So they did an inner city learn to row clinic. And my parents made me go. Uh, we played basketball more than we rode, actually. But I will say that's where one of the officials pulled my parents to the side and said, hey, you know, she's got to do this. I really didn't want to do it. I was a dancer. And I was going to be the next Judith Jameson. So I yes. wanted nothing to do with rowing. And my parents said no. And they made me do it. Yeah. So I had to start rowing. And then, yeah, I went to University of Texas on a full scholarship, trained for the national team, got to travel around the world. And my dad still tells that story that I did. Because he's so proud. Because he's, but no, he's also, but I didn't want to row. And I, but I he wants to take responsibility. Like, but yes. we made her. Like, <laughs> yes. When you said Black Thought wanted to row, I was thinking to myself, you can, can you just say you want to row? Don't you need to have been able to do at least 50 push ups or something? Because. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> you can't just jump. Wait, wait. Laia was also worried about swimming. I, I rode in high school and I was like, I never even got close to the water. Well, like you're I sitting guess. in it, but I never yeah. got in the water. I did yeah. say to Justin that most of the Philly people I know can't swim. So is this an issue? That is a huge <laughs> issue. I, and I work very closely with Dr. Angela Beal at Red Cross oh, yeah. because swimming, water competency, water, like it's, just, it's every aspect of my business, especially because, I mean, I pulled like six kids out last year and then three oh my adults. gosh, just hanging out. And I think with COVID, we had everyone from North Philly, like basically Strawberry Mansion, everybody was coming to the river to hang out oh, because wow. there yeah, was nothing to do. Right? right. And so, you know, we had the most black and brown people ever at the river. I got life jackets. We left them out. But I was we were very much educators. You know what I mean? Because it's just like, listen, I'm not going to let my people sit out here and not know what's going on. I was pulling people out. People were going out with canoes. It's a school. Like three black. Just, it's it, not. Yeah. It looks like, like it's just common. But I mean, there's a lot of places. It's there's, real shallow, yes. real deep. Yeah. There's trash yes. there's everywhere. Because they're the dam. It is moving. I mm. mean, one lady was swimming. She almost got hit <gasps> in the head. What? It's crazy. Like we had three black dudes that had a blow up kayak, a cooler oh of wine coolers and a fold up chair in the blow up. In and the I'm blow like, up. So, gentlemen, this is what are we doing? Can we just talk about Philly hustle? Can we, can we just just give them points because we're gonna try. We're gonna can, try. I'm like, can you guys swim? They're like, uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> so, as so I have you said, you can't just get in the right and row. It's right. not as simple as that. You want people to have water safety because if people can't feel secure in the water right. and right. are secure in the water, how do you even get to the next step? Right. So we're the only program in the country, though, where you can sign a waiver and get on the water because I get in a boat with you. Our coaches, our okay. staff, we row with you. We are in control of the movement of the boat. We're hard to keep you safe. We let you try it. A lot of people try it and hate it because it's a lot more technically challenging it hurt, than it, it looks. Hurt. Like That's why I was asking you about the push-ups because I was like, there are muscles that we're just not used to. It's the best full body workout outside of swimming. I mean, there's no impact. More people should do it. Our oldest member is 87. What? You know, the hardest thing for her is getting in and out of a boat. But once she's in it, she's I going. love that. Yes. So you went from a reluctant wanting to be joined the club to an elite athlete in the area yeah. to teaching coaching and establishing now a community like people need to understand you serve different roles right and that community thing is the largest when you mentioned the 87 year old woman can you talk more about your community how diverse is it so basically the community piece is probably the most important piece we are the first black owned and operated rowing organization in the country so i think that there's a huge amount of responsibility that comes with that i think for me I had options. A lot of my colleagues didn't. The kids I grew up, I'm from the hood. You know what I mean? I grew up in West Philadelphia. And when you have options, you can make better choices. I think we all make the best choices we have with what we're presented. I had choices. And now my life is absolutely a reflection of that. So it's absolutely my duty to create those opportunities and options for as many people as possible. So rowing was a vehicle to a better life for me. And I think my staff, watching them develop as Leaders as black coaches, watching them sort of, you know, one of my assistant coaches, he's now the assistant coach at University of Washington. You know, when I go to bed at night and I'm exhausted because my first practice is 5.30 in the morning and I work a 15-hour day and it's absolutely insane. But, you know, when I lay my head on my pillow at night, I know that we're doing something good and I know that you're making a difference. Mm. You're making a real difference in a lot. I mean, the difference that was made in your life, you're amplifying it and multiplying it hundredfold. 
Yeah, which exactly. is unbelievable. I mean, like people like you are why we can exist and be better as a yeah. society. Honestly. Yeah. And I mean, you know, what's absolutely amazing, too, is it's really not about me. I think the kids coming up behind me are so much better than I am. So whoever takes this on behind me is going to take it to I feel like, you know, but somebody had to open the door. Somebody had to throw open the door of the boathouse and and let everybody in. And like you have to take credit for that because that's a big deal. It's not about the accolade it's about the work you know yeah. i know these kids parents i know the community really mentors i mean two of my coaches just got jobs because of people in the community that come just for rowing lessons mm-hmm. and you just looked out that's the network that's the magic really it should be noted too that like there are reasons that for a long time black and brown people weren't included in sports like these i was saying to justin earlier we had jasmine smith from icons who has lacrosse and field hockey team And me and her often talk about like how it goes back to the schools and the schools being able to afford expensive equipment. And I just wanted to touch on that for a second, too, and why this is such a big deal that you're making these things available in all kinds of communities. What's funny is I actually was the only one on my rowing team for my school because scholastic rowing is is a different animal. Mm -hmm. And what's fascinating is rowing started in Egypt. Now it's super elite and super white. And it really started with it was a pharaoh who made his friends race him across the Nile. It's the first place you see like competitive rowing. Then it became like super white Henry in England. Right, right, Ah. right, right. And so one of the fascinating things about the Royal Henley, too, is that when I raced in it, when you actually are there and you see all of the pomp and circumstance, you know, all of that informed the kind of leader I wanted to be in this sport. I bring all of that to shepherding this community and growing this community. Black owned doesn't mean black only. And we absolutely have white people that are in our community at the same time. It's forcing us to have difficult conversations because Ah, it is black owned. right? Right. So I think the conversation and you can't have growth and you cannot have change without the tough conversations. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's probably what I'm most proud of is really watching people meet each other where they're at and then get in a boat. And for that 45 minutes, you're a team. And it doesn't matter if you came from Chestnut Hill. It doesn't matter if you're on a scholarship and not paying anything and you're from the bottom. We have that breadth of humanity in our community. And it's it's dope. Yeah, that's really dope. You've accomplished so much. Yeah, what else? What else do you? Is there? Like, what are you setting out to do? I mean, yeah. I know you're talking about the next generation, which is exciting, but you're not quitting. You're obviously still working. No, honestly, I'm going to get a boyfriend. That's on my list. Okay, yeah. that's okay. on all okay. of our lists. I put it. I put it on my vision board. It's happening. Hmm. You know? Okay, I mean, Justin. Could we play matchmaker? <laughs> Justin, I was just thinking. I was like, we have a whole lovely room full yes, of entrepreneurs yeah. and chefs. Absolutely. But honestly, I think this this year we lost actually half of our fleet in Ida. Those and, boats are so. So expensive. Yeah. I mean, that's a so, big deal. That was huge. And then coming out of COVID too, and then we were able to sustain all of our staff. We were still able to like, I, and I, I feel so incredibly blessed and grateful because I have friends that had to close their businesses and we really yeah. we made it by the skin of our teeth, but we made it. And then Ida came and just wiped us out. And I was so distraught and just not knowing where to turn. And the community really showed up. We had a fundraiser. People really Aww. wanted to give back. And so that really inspired mm. me. And then we just opened up rowing studio. So just a bit of a fitness studio. So we're oh, nice. hiring. It's in East Falls. 4229 East Falls, BLJ Fitness. Yes. Studio. 
And so we're doing ERG classes. The way I like to say is think of it like a spinning class, but on ERG machine. Playlist is fly. And so that's what's next. It's great because a lot of my coaches can develop their own style. I think I'm kind of a cross between a drill sergeant and a diva. So my class is pretty fun. I have one of my coaches does like ratchet music. I'm like oldies. I like old, I like old school hip hop. So I'm right. definitely hitting that. In the studio, everybody's on their own machine and the teacher stands behind you, but it's all mirrors and you work at your own pace. We have people that row every day and are extremely competitive. And then we have people that like to paddle around and look at the turtles. The other thing that we didn't mention is like what it's like to be on the Schuylkill River and see the Philadelphia skyline and, and look at Kelly Drive and the Schuylkill and Martin Luther King Drive. It's very special. To it be in so that spot. Zen. Really? I think that 45 minutes to an hour is the most zen hour of my day. But when you are on the water, you do not realize you're in one of the largest cities. It's amazing. It's quiet. It's stunning. I was so funny. Somebody just DM'd us because I take sunrise pictures. And they're like, oh my gosh, I just want to get out there so I can just see the sunrise. And I'm like, yeah. honestly, I could, you go for a little bit more sleep, but it is really stunning. And it gives you a moment to disconnect. You can't take your phone out there. You got to oh. focus. So I think what's really lovely is people get that time to like start their day, especially the early mornings, the late nights, the sunsets are spectacular. Absolutely spectacular. It's quiet. You know, Philly's loud. Philly, I love Philly. I mean, I'm a Philly girl through and through, but, you know, it is nice to get some quiet. So say I just I'm new and I do want to just sit there and do the whole look at the turtles and whatnot. How ex- is it expensive? Like, is it? So we do free learner clinics all the time. It won't cost you a dime and you will put you out in a boat with a coach and you can try it. And then if you want to continue, then we can say, OK, do you want to do like a three lesson? Do you want to just do one? Le- you know what I mean? We really meet you where you are. That's really important to me. Twenty five percent of our community is rowing absolutely free. Wow. So then tell people too, if they don't want to row, but they just see the dope stuff that you're doing, can they support? Like, how do you? Absolutely. Our website is bljcommunityrowing.com. You can hit the donate button and donate. Our Instagram is blgcommunityrowing. BLJ is Brandon L. Johnson? Brandon LeRae Johnson. Yes. Brandon LeRae Johnson. (laughs) Our Instagram is really fun. I can't take responsibility for that. One of our assistant coaches runs that. Yeah, it's gorgeous. Phenomenal job. Quincy. You know what? I, I'm in total agreement. I think he did a voiceover at practice yesterday. All they do is yell at me on the launch, take film, take video, take video. And then I send it to him and he did like a voiceover. I'm like, of course where, he how did. do you have time? Of course like, he did. Of course he did. You're up at Justin. 3 o'clock in the morning like I am. That guy Justin. is a content producer. He's just producing amazing. and hustling content all the time. Like, He's not going to beat me at rowing, though. We got to just... No, no, listen, I'm in on this. We and we, we want to challenge them. We yeah, have to get yes. Rachel some serious lessons. Yeah, that would be really fun, guys. I would yes. totally do that. Yes. Would, especially because yes. you already wrote, Justin. So, I mean, yeah, we got a what we got a ringer. What? Just don't tell them, just don't tell them, you know. Right. Well, yeah. we won't tell them <laughs> straight Roxborough style. Okay, so we have a lot to do. We got to get our rowing team together. Let's get our retreat set up. Rachel, you got that budget? What's up? We we ready? We, 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 we got a lot of things ready to do for the summer. <laughs> We're excited. I think we need to find uh, you know a few sponsors to make <laughs> it happen. So if you patrons, love, patrons, love and grit, yes, and if you oh, love podcast. There we go. And don't forget about the love and grit dating game. We matching too. Shout out oh, to Brandon. Yes. 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 yes, we got a lot to do. We, we got, got a lot, lot to, to do. do. Follow us on social media at Love Grit Philly, and we will talk to you next time.